Okay, I call this um, Civic Affairs Committee meeting to order. It is Thursday, January 11, 2024 at 7 p.m. in the City Hall Assembly Chambers. Um, roll call. Assemblyperson Colodi. Here. Assemblyperson Potter. Here. And I am Alex Waddell, also present. Okay, approval of agenda. This is an informal meeting. Does anyone have any objections to the agenda? I move for the approval of the agenda. Second. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Great. Aye. All right. Here are citizens present. There are quite a few people here tonight. Um, I don't know who, how you guys want to take turns, but please come up here and speak into the microphone if you'd like to make a comment. And don't be shy. I'd love to hear from all of you. Sherry Corrington, citizen. And um, I'd like everyone to listen to my speech that I gave during planning and zoning because I didn't have a migraine when that one was going on. So this is fun. We'll see where this goes. Um, I'll try to adapt it for this panel. Um, We have spent so much time dealing with issues of housing. This has always come up. Um, it's always been here. Every year, everyone says, this is the worst year ever. It's worse than it's ever been. And nothing happens. And I am so grateful that there is so much focus being put on this issue right now. I have total faith that we can come up with something, but we have to start thinking outside the box and we have to switch from the, the way we've been doing things as a community. We have not to this day asked the community what they want, how much is enough when it comes to the industry that is the only place that we've got our eggs in a basket. Um, this is trickier now. <laughs> um, Twenty nineteen saw the biggest tourism numbers that we have ever had. And when I was younger, I remember the first huge ship that came to town and we all ran down to the dock, 1989. I think it was like May 29th, 1989. We saw the Star Princess come in with 900 passengers. And it was such a huge deal. Now that's not even a third of the crew on some of these big ships. And we are building for huge growth. We have not caught up from where we were in 2019. We were poised on the precipice with the 2030 comp plan and everything that went into that, it was brilliantly done. And everybody came forward and they were screaming about quality of life and numbers and capacity. People have been talking about this for ever. 
and more and more every year. It is time to find out from the community what we want and how we want it because we are losing people left and right because we don't have enough housing. The cruise industry is growing exponentially and they are leaps ahead of us as far as everything goes because we had to screech this process to a halt during COVID to figure out how we were going to make a living, how we were going to do this. And we did it together. I've, I have so much joy during the summer talking to people about how we came together. And a lot of this, everything was born civic affairs. I mean, everybody has done such a great job, but we're chasing our tails and we need to figure out what is our capacity. And we can do it through number crunching. We can, we have put so much money into audits of our, I got to close my eyes, audits of the police department, the fire department, the, the clinic. We've put not a single dime into analyzing numbers that every business owner in this community has at the ready. We have, when I was at Corrington's, I crunched the numbers. I gathered everything in to, you know, you look at your gross, you look at how many people you had on like certain days. You looked at the, the, the number of transactions and the average sale per customer. And I'm telling you, there is a tipping point. There's a place of diminishing returns for retail. The more, and I'm going to say, I'm going to take a leap and say, I think that diminishing returns is probably similar for restaurants. It's similar, like people are spending way more money to, instead of just turning away business, they're overstaffing and having more people on just to cover the busiest days. And when you do that, you have excess people. Those people, you know, like need housing. And so we are a tiny community with serious limits. And instead of just rolling over and letting them do whatever they want to us, you know, this is a place that has a history of stampede coming in and taking over despite what the people want. Nobody asked the Clinkets and nobody's asking us. And I think it's up to us to find out from our community, what do we want? Read back through the comp plan, look at the theme that kept coming up. We can do this better. We don't have to do it. We, we can't let the industry dictate how we live our lives in this community. We need the money to stay in town. People are taking the money and running, and they are taking up our housing for employee housing at the expense of our, of our community. So 
that's my little soapbox. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, it's so much better without a migraine. <laughs> Wendy Anderson. Oh. No. Okay, yeah, Wendy Anderson, Skagway resident. Um, I have grave concerns about the health of our year-round community. Um, we have always been a seasonal community. We've always had influx in the 30 years that I have been here and in before, um, but it's become very extreme. And it's was exacerbated by 2020. Um, in 2020, we had a, we did a great job of supporting our community by giving money every month to people, um, and it was great for families. Some of them were making you know any between three to seven thousand dollars a month. Single people could barely pay rent, um, and we lost a lot of our single people who were underemployed. Um, and those were the same people who were our volunteers for community events, who um, did a lot of the support things, who did picked up part-time jobs so we could have cafes open. People are struggling to find help for their winter businesses sometimes. Um, with that, I think we need to get a little more creative with as what we're looking at with these properties. Um, I know that it has always been said in the past that we don't want the city to be a landlord. Maybe that needs to change. Maybe we need to start looking at things like housing trusts, um, things that will make it um, so that those properties don't go to buyers and then get sold to seasonal businesses and become dark in the wintertime. Um, my house is located on the probably the last big property that was disposed of by the city um, in the wintertime. There were a lot of great intentions with that property, um, but there are still three buildings on that that are unfinished 20 years down the road. So as we're looking at the qualifications as people are buying these things, I think we need to really take the time to do it right because this is our last shot really to do a good housing development in this pro in this valley. Um, and I know there's a push to get housing developed right away, but I'd rather see us do it right and see things stay in the hands of year-round residents a little bit more, or at least have a better shot at that, uh, than push it out immediately. Um, I also, um, have, a question or concerns about one of the things on this resolution. Um, the traditional council asked for a lot um, to be reserved for a memorial site. And in this, it's saying you want to give two lots for a memorial site. Um, if the traditional council isn't asking for this, this seems like it's putting an onus on them for more and limiting the use of that property. So even if they wanted to have housing there, this is saying it has to be a memorial site. So I would um, suggest changing that wording to a lot to the, the Skagway Traditional Council. And if you want to have further, I think there's something about further discussions with them about other um, regarding Block 95, maybe put that in reserve. So if they have a desire to do something with that, then they could. Um, but the way this is worded right now, it's kind of saying two lots for memorial when they haven't said that's what they want. So um, I would recommend having conversations with them before actually putting something into a resolution. Thank you. Thank you. 
Charity Pomeroy, speaking for myself. Um, I know we're not going to solve <laughs> housing tonight. And I know uh, even Garden City doesn't solve anything in the short term. Um, but I hope every decision that's made for Garden City takes into account all of the issues that we're hitting in the short term. Um, and establishes enough flexibility within itself to be more inclusive than exclusive of who ends up in that space. Um, I mean, we want to make sure that that space is used to, for the best purposes for Skagway. I mean, we, um, what uh, Sherry Corrington spoke very well at the last, uh, the previous meeting tonight um, about the obvious shift that a lot of us are seeing of this town drifting toward becoming a seasonal only place. We are veering in the direction of a, a larger businesses owning seasonal housing and this being a ghost town in the winter. Um, and I know everybody here lives here because we love it here in the winter. This is our community. This is our home. And we keep watching people um, being pushed out. Um, <clears throat> I don't want to keep bringing up the previous meeting, but there are uh, a lot of sentiments in this town that people don't qualify for the different things that we're planning for Garden City, or the, not planning for Garden City, the different ideas that have been thrown out for Garden City. And uh, I know uh, that's not true. Um, I do want to just put it out there. A year ago, I was uh, pre-qualified for a surprisingly large number with my surprisingly smaller income for a first-time homebuyer loan. And it's because there are many options out there. So if we make sure to include many options for what you're looking at, uh, uh, at designations for the different lots that you're, you're thinking about the different divisions for Garden City. Don't limit yourself by that perception of who is going to be able to do that because there are options. Um, also, I really want to push again. You know, of course, I've, I've made it clear that I just wish we could give Garden City to the traditional council, obviously that's not going to happen. That's um, off the table, but the traditional council has a lot more resources. They have a lot more ability. And I know having had informal discussions uh, with folks on the traditional council and other folks who want to volunteer for their efforts, that the idea of a trust um, 
a housing trust to govern Garden City. Um, is something of interest to the traditional council. But how much interaction have we had with them as a, a municipality? Um, has Who in our municipality has spoken directly to them about that? Because they feel like, well, we're, we're just shot down by the municipality when we've asked for things. So, you know, they're tired of asking. And instead, I think it's on the municipalities it's on the municipality to approach the STC and say, what are you, are you willing to do this? Are you willing to do that? What, what can you do before we make big decisions about what happens to this land? Because I think there are some pretty extraordinary opportunities available through them um, and through their governance that the municipality just doesn't have. So, anyway, um, yeah, on the subject of housing, yeah, discussion item, uh, there is one thing, I don't know if this is something uh, to discuss here, but something my good friend Sherry Corrington brought up uh, was a moratorium on um, short-term rentals. And uh, that's another fear. I think right now, the direction of that is to, you know, people want to increase their short-term rentals, short-term as in Airbnb type rentals. And we have people for whom that's an established business and that's great. We need them. We need those businesses who are already doing that. They provide a great service. We, I don't think would benefit from more. And I think quite the opposite. I think for now it would be in our best interest to put the kibosh on that if we can. Um, because right now, the most important thing, in my opinion, is year-round housing. Okay, that's all. Thanks. Thank you, Charity. Would anyone else like to speak? Ryan Hansen speaking for myself. One quick comment on the diagram that was added to this packet a day ago. Um, from a fiscal standpoint, the manager has given us a, an approximation of about five and a half million dollars to get these two lots or these two blocks uh, available uh, with water, sewer, cleaning up, old utilities, old structures. Um, if we followed this diagram, we would be bringing the equivalent of eight lots of 24. That means two thirds of what uh, we're developing all the utilities and infrastructure for would not be available. And therefore we're spending a tremendous amount of money for very little product. And I think that's uh, probably not what we should be doing. Uh, an earlier version of this only had two lots reserved for an MOS project. I don't see why we would be preserving, if we're going to look at developing 
uh, block 105 first, 102 first. I don't know why we wouldn't just go ahead and make all that available if we're going to have to take a significant um, plunge economically uh, to develop 16th Avenue, the alley, water and sewer, cleaning up those lots um, with with whatever uh, old infrastructure is there. Um, I, I, I don't see that as being a wise expenditure of a lot of money if you're going to have a third of 24 available. That's my take on it. Thanks. Thank you. Would anyone else like to speak today? All right. Unfinished business. Um, review of ordinance 20-30 expressing intent to dispose of blocks 95 and 102 known as the Garden City RV Park. So I will start on this. Um, we have all, we're all pretty familiar with this one. And at the last meeting, it was sent back to committee um, by my request, which I appreciate the table for accommodating, um, because I felt like it needed a little more cleanup. And I felt like Assemblyperson Kaladi um, would, you know, benefit from the review of it at committee level. Um, there was also discussion about defining a first-time homebuyer. And I also found upon review review of it later, um, a few little quibbles, um, with the resolution as it was. So, um, we were just, um, a reference was just made to the diagram, which is attachment 5A-3 that was added to the packet um, a day ago. And it was added because that was the previous map that was used at the last amendment, which actually got removed at the last meeting. And I have no objection to that remaining removed. I just put it in for reference because if you read the resolution, which is 5A-1, as it was approved at the last committee level, it actually left some holes. And I think that there would be, initially I thought there would be benefit of having such a visual representation to actually show like what it did because um, right now, it shows um, this map has four blocks reserved for MOS project, right? But the resolution as it's read now has two on block 102 and two on block 95, which doesn't actually make a lot of sense because then there's like these two lots that are just completely unidentified, unspoken about, and unreferred to in its current existence as it is right now. So that seemed like something that needed to be fixed. Um in addition to the other things, um, I put, you guys are going to love this. This is actually original artwork by me, but attachment 5A.4, I hand drew a, a visual representation of what I think it should be. And you might look at it and see that it seems a little bit vague and ambiguous, but that was actually intentional. Um, the reason I proposed that is because the intent with this resolution originally, and I think still, was to actually focus on developing with a stage approach, which is to do one block 102 first and then set aside block 95 for future discussion. In the resolution as it's written and approved by or at its latest rendition by the table, the direction is actually to have staff initiate contact with the STC to begin a discussion regarding that block, um, maybe to see if they're interested in housing trusts or 
development or if they want one or two lots or if they have um, ideas or intents about the language. Um, Putting this forward as it is right now, it's a resolution, not an ordinance. It is not actually demanding any of these things happen. What it is, is it's a guideline that we give to staff so that they can go take this and come up with a plan and then bring it back to the table, which is actually the second to last bullet point on it right now where it says direct staff to create an implementation timeline and budget for consideration and approval by assembly. So that's truthfully like what I want more than anything. I want the table to agree that we all want housing because I think we all do agree on that. I think that's one thing that all six of us are pretty aligned with, seven including the mayor. I believe everyone sees the need for housing and it's also just an incredibly complicated issue. And by putting this resolution forward, we can say, here, management, please take this, come up with some ideas and bring them back to the table. So the latest diagram that I have referenced is actually quite (laughs) broad so that it isn't going to like be too specific because in part of the problem I was having with it at its latest um, stage is that uh, things aren't really defined. Are the two blocks for the municipal here or are they there? Are the lottery houses in the middle or on the other side? Or are they all on the street level? Or, you know, the only thing that I can think everyone can really agree on with is the two double lots, which are the state street side. And those have to be that way because of how current zoning is set. And so in my drawing, I have those drawn as the two double wides, I'll call them. And, um, And so I feel like that is set because that's the zoning, that's State Street, that's where we want those. But everything else, I actually took it out because I think what would really be important is rather than sending it to Public Works Committee who doesn't know what to do with it or Civic Affairs who may not know what to do with it either, um, it's just send it to management and say, basically, we want to reestablish the road. We want to subdivide it into different lots. And then we want to hear some ideas and proposals from you because management can take it to all the different department heads and say, okay, if we do sewer and water, what would it be? And there might be benefit to having these lots be the lottery ones or these ones be this or etc. And so I've taken all that out to give that ability to staff to bring back to us with some proposals. And at that and with that in mind, I actually am not even opposed to taking other things out of here if it's in the spirit of that of allowing staff a little more liberty to take it to you know, an actual designer or developer and say, please bring us some a couple plans that we can actually have the table review with proposed timelines, budgets, and other relevant information so that the table could make an informed decision. And if you, um, that's my initial rant on this. If you guys would like to chime in, I am very eager to hear where you are at with this. Uh, that's interesting. The one thing that we do know is that the infrastructure has to go in before any kind of housing development can happen. So there is something to kind of simplifying it, um, and getting back an accurate budget estimate and timeline 
for how long putting in uh, 16th Avenue in the sewer would take in the sidewalks. With the, with, I'm looking at your very uh, fancy, your high-tech diagram. I think that's, I, I was late because I was doing a deep dive into the comp plan for hours, just wishing this meeting would hurry up and start. Uh, my wish came true. It's 25 minutes before I was expecting it. The really well-written, um, pretty thoroughly um, researched uh, 2019 Block 95-102 housing narrative is a really good resource that I've been going back to all week. Um, that really just kind of builds off the comp plan. Uh, I think Wendy is um, spot on. We cannot mess this up. Um, that is, I guess there's two things that we know. We need to get a budget for the infrastructure that needs to go in. And second thing that we know is that we we cannot mess this up. Um, I agree with everything that everybody said. Um, we, we, we can't afford to drift any further towards um, becoming a seasonal community. It's just, uh, it, it's not going to be functional. So I think it's important that the um, any kind of estimate would include um, the the two high density housing units. That's one of the things that the narrative and the comp plan uh, mentioned uh, repeatedly is that the importance of uh, mixed use housing. I, I'm not a believer in just lottering off um, 24, 22 single lots. That's not. Um, I firmly believe that's not a realistic solution to our housing needs. We need 150 units in the next, by 2030, according to studies, and 50 more on top of that by 2040. You only get that by building, yeah, that face. <laughs> um, that, that is the importance of mixed housing, condominiums, apartments. Um, etc. So I like that. Um, I, I still do think it's an I th I think it's an outside of the box idea to reserve something for possible future municipal use. But I think you're also right that maybe by be bogging down the relevant conversation at hand. Um. If I'm really going to go out there and I'm just going to do it because that's what you do at committees, I think it would be interesting to approach the STC, and I don't know if it's how that would look. I don't know. It would have to be the at the assembly level, I believe, to direct the manager. Um, for somebody to approach the STC and what if we gave them all of block 95 and asked them what to, to bring back their proposal 
because that is spot on. They can act as a housing authority. So that's where I'm at with that. So I love hearing that because this sort of does that. It says direct staff to initiate contact with Skagway Traditional Council and begin discussion regarding Block 95. It's not, it's it's so broad that it it's just saying, let's start those talks. It's not, and and it's also not saying, let's give it all away. It's not saying, let's have them make a memorial or not, or do this or do that. It's just saying, please have contact with them and see what they would like. Because the problem is we can all talk to different individual members of the STC and hear a lot of different options, but they are also a government body. So you can talk to different assembly members who may agree or not agree, and they might have, you know, somebody might want to take the ball and roll with it or run with it or whatever it is you do with balls. But um they need to do it through um they need to do it through their own government body and level and they can't give quick answers they can't say we want to do this and neither can we a person of the public can't come to an assembly member and say hey i want to do this thing and the assembly member goes sounds good let's do it no they have to bring it to the table they have to draft a resolution and the stc has to do a similar thing so what we're doing as a table is saying staff please go to the STC, initiate contact, and find out what they want to do. And then the STC can take that and actually have those conversations and figure out what they want to do and how they want to communicate. But they're not trying to communicate with governing body to governing body, which is like, you know, large parties. They're, they'll, I don't know what they'll do on their end, but what we're doing on our end is we're saying, okay, we want to have our representative go speak. And in this case, the representative it's staff, but I mean, it's it's going to be Brad or whoever Brad delegates to such position. So I like what you're saying. I like the spirit of what you're saying and how that is achieved is by passing this. Um, first of all, thank you so much for all your work you've done on this um it's been it's been really great um to see it develop and evolve um you're taking a lot into consideration which is something that i really appreciate we've heard um you know requests for different things we've seen um people speak at citizens present we've gotten correspondence through email asking for you know um multifamily units or, um, you know, dense housing, or uh, we've also gotten correspondence regarding single family homes. Um, so there are a lot of diverse needs um, in our community. And I think this addresses that, um, you know, we don't just want to put apartment buildings because there are families that would rather have their own home. And I think that that's, it's fair that we take those concerns um, even though we need housing fast and we need a lot of it, um, there are other needs that need to be addressed as well. So I, I appreciate that too. Um, I love the idea of inviting uh, STC back into the conversation if they're willing to have it with us. Um, inquiring about a housing trust, I think is a great idea. They have resources that we don't. They have 
ideas that we don't. I'm a big believer in brainstorming um, and inviting more people in on the conversation whose interests are for um, the community is really important. Um, and I think the way that I understand this resolution, um, at the very least, they would be offered two blocks and then we're open to discussing all of block 95 with them um, is the way that I understand it. But at the very least, they're offered two blocks, which I think um, is great. Um, I also appreciate your efforts in uh, defining first-time home buyers. I think that's really important um, and specifying that as first-time property buyers. I think uh, the more specific we can be in that verbiage will help us address the people who need it the most. And instead of allowing loopholes for um, people who are possibly more privileged or have opportunities that uh, genuine first-time property buyers and home buyers don't. Um, I would just like to see that that be safeguarded for the people who need it. And I feel like you've done a really great job in this document, um, making it specific enough um, to protect our need for housing and those who really need it, but leaving it vague enough that um, our city manager can do what he's been hired to do. Um, and I feel like it's in a really great place to hand it back over to them. So sorry that for rambling, but I thank you for your efforts and I support it. Thank you. Um, I actually, with that definition of the first time home buyer or property, excuse me, first time property buyer, I did my best, but I would, I'd be very open to anyone else who has other opinions on amending that or editing it. Um, I would try to, follow the spirit of what I think we were going for, but uh, I could probably use some work. That was what I could come up with. Um, also, just going back to the direct staff to initiate contact with the STC to begin discussion, it's not telling them to give it away. It's not telling them to open that conversation. It's just telling them to, to like, ask them what they want, essentially, and give them an opportunity to actually have it within their own government and then get back to us and, and let us know. But it's but what comes out of that would still come back to the table and need approval. So, like, even if they say, okay, well, we want it all and we want it for this and da-da-da-da. And, like, if that comes back, it still would need to go to the table and have assembly approval. So this isn't saying go offer anything to them. It's saying begin a discussion but about that block specifically, which is part of the reason. So I, I don't know if I worded this right earlier on, but I actually have a proposed amendment, which is 5A2, and that um, I would like to replace the existing one with that. Oh, I did open with that, didn't I? Okay. So, um, but yeah, so this is still kind of like trying to follow that spirit, but it has opportunity within it to have those results come back, but it's also not limiting it to those results. Because for one thing, we don't know. I don't want to try and think for them or speak for them. And I don't think they want that either. And so this is just saying, go ask them, right? But again, having one point of contact or staff or whoever, you know, ends up doing it and then just like, and going from there. But the real spirit of it is bring it back to the table for approval by the assembly at the end, right? So like whatever plan direct staff to create an implement implementation timeline and budget for consideration um, and approve for consideration and approval by the assembly. So if we start moving this, we can actually get it going um, 
in the next couple of years, we hope. I mean, hearing that we need 150 units in the next six years, is that realistically going to happen? Who knows? But I would love to see any progress towards it going forward. You know, um, housing is a further along discussion item, so we can s- gladly circle back to that. However, um, I appreciate you referencing the comp plan, which is in one of the whereas is here referenced um, because I tried to take that into consideration and the strategic plan that the SDC developed. And if you, um, there, yeah, there's two points about the SDC, I think. Oh, either way. Um, if you guys wanted to put additional whereas in there, like about it, I'm sure there's a lot more in it. I think when I was doing it initially and reading through it, there was just like so much. And I was like, okay, what are my favorite bits? Right. But like, I would be open to adding more in there. But I guess what I really want to see is this just go back to the table and then just like hopefully be passed by the table. And then with the open diagram, you know, with the like, let's not specify it. Let's just tell staff, have staff (laughs) tell us what they think is realistic. Because what you said about, you know, potentially, you know, messing up where we want the, the infrastructure to be and like limiting that is a very valid concern. and. But it's not one that I'm personally capable of addressing. And we can have staff go take that to the people who are and then come up with plans to to bring it back to us with. I I do have one. I have a couple questions. Um, I am wondering what you both think if we were to add and that uh, I'm wondering if it's a little unclear or slightly confusing to have both um, the bullet point reserve and make available to lots of block 95 for uses as a memorial site. I, I do agree. Well, first I would like to, let me finish one thought. You're right. You're right, Jay. I know what you. I know what. You, I know what you mean. Let's finish one thought first. So you have the two bullet points: reserve and make available the two blocks for use as a memorial site, and then <clears throat> um, the almost last bullet point: direct staff to initiate contact with STC. I find that I found that a little confusing. The conversation here cleared it up for me. I'm wondering if it would be helpful to add the word concurrently or direct staff to concurrently initiate contact with the STC to begin a discussion regarding block 95. You know what I mean? Or something like direct staff to concurrently contact the STC to be in a discussion regarding their possible plan or vision for Block 95. Does that make sense? It does. Um, if I might clarify, what problem are you trying to solve? Are you concerned that with the broad nature of this, that I, I wanted to, there's no timeline set for it? A little bit. I, I think... Um, a little bit that, and I want to make sure that it's clear that 
directing staff to initiate contact with STC to begin a discussion regarding Block 95 is a completely separate discussion than the two lots that are reserved for them mentioned in that uh, third bullet point. So... And, and also, my other point that run concurrently in my mind, um, I, I would I would like to strike the use as a memorial site from that third bullet point. So it's just reserve and make available two lots of Block 95. Um, really, I think that bullet point should just be, it should basically be give two lots a block 95 return two blocks two lots of block 95 to the uh Skagway traditional council is what i would like to that to sit to read so there is a whereas the last whereas is on July 27, 2023, a statement from the Stagway Traditional Council was issued, which requests that a lot be reserved for the creation of a memorial site for a Pius Tan mission school. So the way that this was drafted was, you know, you have this whereas and then now be therefore resolved mm -hmm. this, right? And so the wording was kind of directly chosen with that in, um, in mind. However, as pointed out at Citizens Present, they just say a lot. They don't say two. Um, in my mind, I was like, let's give them two. They asked for one, let's give them two. But um, I see what you're saying about trying to because I, I, broaden I, it so they're not limited yeah. by it. We, I don't want to limit them either. Yeah. Um, however, they were pretty clear that they wanted that. And so I, I get it. So the the potential solutions i see without inserting wording that could be too inflammatory <laughs> cuz like i feel like if you if you choose the wrong words then suddenly it becomes the point of discussion at the table and i don't want it to be the point of discussion at the table um i i mean i, I know exactly what you're saying so so like i i see the spirit of what you're doing but but i feel like Maybe there's a more nuanced way to do it. Um, Ms. Cl uh, Assemblyperson Clody. Um, thinking out loud, uh, looking at the last bullet point, direct staff to initiate contact with Skagway Traditional Council to begin a discussion regarding Block 95 with the intent to reserve at least one block for use as a memorial site. I like it. What do you think, um, Vice Mayor Potter? Can you say it again? Direct staff to initiate contact with Skagway Traditional Council to begin a discussion regarding Block 95 with the intent to reserve and make available at least one block for use as a memorial site. Or two blocks. What if... How about this? I think we're getting there. I think that's really close. How about if it read direct staff to initiate contact with STC to begin a discussion regarding 
Block 95 with the intent. That's right. Block regarding Block 95 with the intent of make it say, what if it said at least two, at least two sites? Two lots? Two lots. Do you have that written down or it's just in your head? That's in the brain space. I'm writing it. So, um, but I, I paused, um, but I have direct staff to initiate contact with the STC to begin the discussion regarding block 95 with the intent of to allotting a lot. No, <laughs> um, reserving, reserving available two lots, reserving one to two lots for use of, for potential use of a memorial site. I think one to two would be dissected at the table pretty aggressively. Uh, I feel like um, all of this is yeah. dissected at the table pretty aggressively. What if we said, so I'm like, uh, don't treat anything, like make it like at just least as one, friendly and gentle as possible. Yeah. At least one lot or at least two lots. Um, well, if it, if it gets or just leave it. <laughs> yes. What if we leave it as it is? Um, because that's what they asked for very clearly in the letter. They said they want one lot. For that, um, I would love to just amend it ever so slightly so that if they had a second lot that they weren't required to do it. But honestly, what they define as a memorial site is up to them. So, like you said, everything that everything has to come back to us anyway, so we can talk about it further. Um, I think. I, I do like the idea of combining those two points because I think it is a little bit confusing um, because this last bullet point could be interpreted as, are we just referencing what we just talked about with the two lots? Um, so I think there is a way to clear that up a little bit. Um, but I agree, we don't want to complicate it. <laughs> I think the idea of having something like the word concurrently in there or just maybe some sort of timeline established so that contact is initiated, you know, while you're doing the other stuff um, is a good one. And I, my inclination is if we're going to make an adjustment to just do something like that, leave the other ones as is because it's like, again, I feel like what a memorial site is to them is up to them and they can figure that out, you know? Um, and if, uh, if we did, I, I like the idea though of putting some sort of like, cause initiate contact is so broad. It could be like, when initiate in 10 years, when yeah. we do it, like, it's just maybe start open the channels of communication sooner so that when the time comes, we have an idea of what they want. Um, assembly person Potter. Uh, thank you. I think what, um, Assemblymember Cody was just talking about um, kind of emphasizes the confusion because once again, I took this last bullet point. I'm taking that first bullet point that mentions the the um, two lots are reserved for the memorial site to basically as a guarantee that at a minimum they're getting those two lots. I'm interpreting this final bullet point direct step to initiate contact as that kind of opportunity for STC to come back with this, you know, holy grail of incredible, they can develop in a 
in a perfectly in line with the comp plan, the how the strategic housing narrative. The, I, I'm interpreting this po- bullet point as that's their opportunity to, um, if they still are interested in engaging with the municipality, of course, um, sh- showing us that that they could potentially come up with some great design. Am I interpreting that correctly? Well, the the beauty of this is it's very broad. It just says begin a discussion. Um, but it, what, what it does is it opens it up for that. Um, but it doesn't necessarily force it either. Um, I, in my vision, love that. I want them to come back and say, hey, if you give us this whole block, we're going to build this pocket neighborhood. We're going to use our ability to get these grants to get it going. We're going to do this. And you can put it in a land trust so that, you know, it can have all like, – I mean, there's just like there's so much that – I can envision, but I'm not them. So I can't, again, speak to them or what they want to do or what else. But we can ask staff to at least open the conversation. And so it's just opening the conversation. Like, that's it. And then hopefully, but but I do like saying open it sooner than later because open the conversation one day, wait till Block 95 is going to be developed and then talk when they don't have time to run it through their own government procedures. That's not good. We want them to have that conversation opened as soon as possible because the truth is like all of this stuff is if this went through at the next meeting, it's still not gonna, nothing's going to happen until next year at the absolute earliest. And even then it might be the year after that. I mean, depending on what budget dictates, depending on what um, capital project goals are, lots of things. But what it's saying is get started, right? Like just dip your toe in the water. And so what we, what I would like, is to kind of keep it broad because, again, narrowing it too much gives too much opportunity for squabbling at the table, um, which is probably not the perfect choice of words, but just dissecting it at the table, right? Um, And it also gives some leeway to management to, like, just have a conversation, because again, we don't know. And and it's very possible that they'll go to the STC and the STC will say, you know what? We told you what we wanted and we don't want to do anything else. And then we have to respect that. Or they might come back like with the Holy Grail idea, right? And which I would love to see. So, but we just want, we have to, you, you can't have a conversation. They can't just, you know, staff can't just reach out to them. We can't reach out to them individually. We have to do it collectively as a body. And so it's like we either, and we've offered that. We offered to have a work session with the assembly of the whole, and they didn't want to do that. And so, and perhaps it was because it's the overcomplication of dealing with the two governing bodies. So hopefully by saying initiate contact, they can get, you know, our manager, deputy manager, or small staff team can go speak to them and just have these conversations about like, where are you guys at? What are you open to? Um, Maybe they can even present possibilities, but we're not like dictating it. We're just at this stage, but all of it has to come back to the table. So it's just saying a conversation. It's not saying go make promises. It's saying, go, go learn, discuss and find out and bring back to us. Um, I, I, I I think we do need some kind of timeline um, established for uh, to initiate contact. I think that's going to be really important. 
Um, I would still really love some language that clarifies um, that block 95 means block 95 and in, in its entirety and not just the two lots that we previously designated for them uh previously mean meaning like a couple bullet points prior um so maybe uh let's see to begin a discussion regarding block 95 and their two designated blocks or or I just feel like th- am I th- am I just dumb for reading it this way? No, because no, because I think I'm I'm with you on that. Um, what do we think about direct staff to initiate contact with Skagway Traditional Council to begin a discussion regarding Block 95 separate of a memorial site? Mm. Yeah, I see where you guys are going. I'm just gonna say it doesn't limit saying Block 95, but adding in language that clarifies it might open it up for objections at the table. Um, if that is what the committee wants to do, I, I'll, you know, we'll do that. But if that's what we'll get it to recommend it to the table, but I, I just think that there's really great benefit in leaving it a little bit broad. What if it was direct staff to initiate contact with the Stragway traditional council to begin a discussion regarding um all uh, to or just regarding block 95 in 2024 meaning like this year we want you this year and that's not being too because i don't know what they've got going on there you know it's a lot i do know what they've got going on it's a lot you know and so i don't want to be like you have to start now right but saying you know it's january saying i want you to in the next 11 months 11 and a half months to start this is completely reasonable and it puts a timeline on it so that, you know, that can at least be initiated. And <laughs> because anything that's going to happen, it's going to happen slowly. Um, assembly person Reba Hilton used to always say at the speed of government. And I think it's a really catchy phrase to, to explain that, like, everything happens really slowly. For example, this resolution, I think, was originally proposed, oh, I don't know, September of last year. Um, maybe August, August of last year, earlier than September. Yeah. Yeah. And then I think it was maybe, does it have like a first reading on it? August 10th. Yeah. So, I mean, and then it was amended the next month and then, you know, here we are, it's gone back to multiple committees. It's got a lot going into it, but like, um, yeah, I don't think I see your concern, which is that you're afraid that it can be translated as block 95 and just their two blocks. But I don't feel like that's narrowed that much. Like I think, um, how about regarding the future of block 95? Is that both broad and ambiguous and vague enough? I think okay. that I think okay. that direct staff to create an implementation timeline and budget for consideration and approval. Oh, sorry, wrong one. Our direct staff to initiate contact with Skagway Traditional Council to begin a discussion regarding the future of Block 95 
within the calendar year of 2024, or let me think about that, direct staff to initiate contact with the STC to begin a discussion regarding the future of Block 95. I think if you end with During the timeline, 2024, direct staff to initiate contact with the Skagway Traditional Council in the calendar year 2024. Uh, okay. Like this progress. See, give it a go. And then, what do you guys think about the attachments five A four? The, is that your fancy? My, my artwork. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. So I would entertain a motion. Oh, wait. Do we want to? Um, I've got a couple of other yeah, things. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, my other question is regarding bullet point five, the reserve for lots of block 102 at the last assembly meeting we amended that um, to be two lots of block 102. Yeah, could you could you be more specific, please? The um, the last bullet point on the first page: reserve four lots of block 102 for a future MOS project, such as a multi-unit municipal housing. I'm just wondering if it's going to jam oh. up because of that last assembly meeting. Orion made the motion and it, I was just re-listening to it um, to confirm. Um, and the motion. What if we just passed. took that all out? Took the whole bullet out. Yeah, because I, I think that's a good idea because what you're doing and I, and I, and I think appropriately so is you're trying to not overcomplicate things. We don't need to get too far ahead of ourselves. And I, I think that's where you're going with this. Get rid of it. All right, let's get out of there. Um, I don't want to quibble over it. The reason I swapped it from two back to four is because there actually were two more blocks. Redes All right, so Orion took it out, and then Dan Henry put it back in, but he put it back in on block 95, and it didn't really make sense. And so my proposed amendment is because then there were still these like two mystery lots that were just completely unspoken for, unaddressed, and like didn't make any sense. So mm -hmm. I was like, okay, there's four still, like there's still four, but I just moved it back up to block 102 so that we could have 95 completely separate. However, like I'd, I'd happily scrap it all if it, if it, you know, if it pleases the table. And then if they want to put it back into the table, we could, but, you know, because um, I know Assemblyperson Henry was quite passionate that evening uh, when he yeah. spoke about the need for municipal housing. And at the end of the resolution, as it was, there were still four units. They just somehow moved south. And that was, I feel like, contrary to the spirit of the whole entire resolution with, you know, trying to set aside 95 for later. So I had actually moved them back up, but we could take it out. And we could um, 
Yeah, I imagine we'll probably discuss it, but I think it might be a better approach to strike it for now and then um, discuss adopting it back in. I agree with um, that we do need, you know, multi-unit municipal housing, but for the sake of conversation, we might get somewhere if we're adding it back in instead of arguing to take something out, if that makes sense. Um. I think it might be a better approach for discussion is what I guess. I don't know how, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. It does. And I'm aligned with that. I just wonder if maybe there's some language that we can come up with that's like, um, still allows for the opening of it without actually defining the number <laughs> of it. Like, cause I like the idea of having it in there so that management can take it into consideration. Uh, it was also spoken to citizens present. They keep saying the city doesn't want to be landlords, but we need to kind of broaden our minds. And part of the larger housing conversation might include that. And so this was trying to do it, but um, we could leave it as two from four. I think and then just, just be, have the mystery yeah. ones out there in the ether. Because we had the conversation at the, the assembly level. Right. But yeah. it still ended up with four though even at the assembly level, as that resolution left, there were still four. It was just two of them were on 95 and two of them right. were on 102. So, I mean, you still ended up with the same number. They just got moved. And honestly, I feel like that was more about confusion at the table. And, or I don't know, perhaps not confusion at the table, but just, it just, it didn't make any sense. I would be into keeping it at two. And then just leaving the two floating lots undefined and Maybe if we don't point at it, no one will try and... Should we be doing this, like, official style? Like, I move to amend bullet point five to read reserve two lots. If you like. I mean, it's an informal meeting, and I'm taking notes as we do it. But I feel like as Asking long as the committee is aligned, and then perhaps at the end, if we're going to actually send it to the table, we should formalize it then. At least that's my personal... I like the idea of leaving it at two and then we can always move to add two more at the table. If it gets shot mm -hmm. down, it gets shot yeah. down. Okay. So make it reserve two and then let the mystery lots just be out there. But we're taking them out of 95. Does everyone? I thought we were taking them out of 102. 102 is the lot is the north lot that block that we want to okay so how this um resolution currently sits we have two on two lots on 102 for municipal housing and two lots on 95 for municipal housing and i would really 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 like to see nothing on 95 except for the two memorial lots like those will go there, but I don't know where, how, or what that needs to be part of the STC conversation. But I would like to see that if we're going to do two or we're going to do four, just to have it all be on lot 102, not anything on lot 95. So the, the problem is now is we have two lots that are kind of undefined within this, but if you see um, diagram A, um, 5A4, you will see that it's okay. 
<laughs> nothing needs to be defined or where it needs to be defined. It can just go to management and come back to us. So I, I'm okay with that moving forward. If, if you guys want to keep it at two and then just like leave the other ones out there. Cause like, I don't know that we want to define them more than that. I really want at this point, um, manager Ryan said this to me a few times and I'm not sure if I a hundred percent agree with its accuracy, but he said that every assembly person has a different idea about it. And I do think that's probably partially true, but I think there's a lot of overlap where we do align and this is trying to like establish that. And so, but um, his point, his greater point being is that once we get it to him, he can go and get a couple designs and bring it back to the table, which we can then try and agree on rather than us trying to do the work of architects and designers, which uh, we're not. Right. I'm not. I don't know um, this, this drawing, though. <laughs> thank you. I mean, I, mean, I might have missed a calling. I know. Career if, in if, if you were wondering, that's actually my handwriting. That's not like a font that I use. That's actually like my personal handwriting. I, I drew that. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so, yeah. With this fantastic drawing, I feel like it leaves it open enough. And if you, if the if the table feels like we're leaning towards just doing two and not four, and I'm personally fine with that. Uh, I I say two here, but I will probably bring it up at the table with the full assembly to discuss it. At, adding those two back in at four. If that makes sense, if it gets shot down, it gets shot down. But I, I think agree. I think two is like a better base, yeah. like a better starting point. Just because that's how we left it mm -hmm. in the last conversation. Yeah. Okay. So. Changes so far. Or review for the table is bullet point three four bullet point four says reserve two lots of block one oh two. That is I think we're in bullet five, right? Yeah. Bullet point five. Am I looking at the wrong attachment? I think I am. My apologies. Okay, I was. I'm sorry. Thank you. Um, okay, so change that to two. reserve two blocks of lots one of block 102 for future MOS project, such as multi-unit municipal housing. And then the other change that we've created is at this table to this document, if we want to move it forward, um, is for the second to last bullet point, direct staff to initiate contact with the STC to begin a discussion regarding the future of Block 95 in the calendar year of 2024. I might suggest that we move in the calendar year of 2024 to after the STC. Uh, so direct staff to initiate contact with STC in the calendar year of 2024 to begin a discussion regarding Block 95. Like Agreed. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm going to reread that. 
direct staff to initiate contact with the STC Council or Skagway Traditional Council in the calendar year of 2024 to begin a dis- to initiate contact with the Skagway Traditional Council in the year- calendar year of 2024 to begin a discussion regarding the future of Block 95. I like it. Great. And then attachment A, just to be clear, is referencing my attachment A, not the old one. Not the, yeah, got so it. So attachment A is, is a diagram to be used as a visual representation of this resolution. The Google Earth image, and that right? Yeah, okay. and it's the satellite imagery with, with my hand-drawn. Um, cool. Okay. So, anything else? Stand by. <laughs> you were, I mean, just to make up for the, I'm thinking about the um, two unaccounted for lots. Do we, do we want to address that? I kind of do personally, because I feel like if you leave something really wide open for for just the table to come up with, then people will come up with things on the spot and they might not be things that I envision as the right things. Um, I know it's always up for a vote, but like, it's the kind of thing where someone could be like, oh, well, there's two open, so let's define that and have them as this crazy idea thing. And then everyone goes, what you know, yeah, or, yeah. or somehow it goes through, and then I don't know. So I'm personally a fan of um, of doing it. Also, what about uh, just to touch back on this? But like, sorry, I'm jumping around. But but for the initiate staff to direct um, contact with the STC, should we mention something about and report back to us monthly or update the assembly? Quarterly. Quarterly or regularly even, maybe not like so defined, but like with regular updates to the assembly so that like we kind of are just following along with them. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like if we don't do that, we won't get the information. And then it's like, oh, well, I can't tell you. I have to tell the table. And then I don't know. But like if we're like just throwing it out there so that like – I think, yeah. Okay, so so what if I change that? I'm sorry for jumping around, but direct staff to initiate contact with the uh, Skagway Traditional Council in the calendar year of 2024 to begin a discussion regarding the future of Block 95 and report back to the Assembly with regular updates. Something more, a little bit more specific, maybe quarterly, monthly? You, you do think I should... Um, Monthly, we don't know how often they're going to. Yeah, I don't know. Monthly updates. Monthly, even if it's just like okay, it hasn't nothing to report. Okay. Well, and I don't expect that there will be a monthly update, but they can say that, sure. and then we can know it. So I like it. Thank you. Okay, sorry. Jumping back to where were we before I completely derailed us? Uh, two mystery lots. Two mystery lots. Okay, so bullet point five. What, uh, as it is now, it still has four municipal lots reserved. And (laughs) that was how the table left it. But they were on two blocks, which was weird. Mm -hmm. Um, The other options 
proposed by this current thing or lottery or I don't know. We could say something like um, reserve the remaining two lots of block 102 for uh, so I'm trying to think of something like ambiguous that leaves it to the to the management to manager's recommendation to be determined to by be de resolution to be determined by yeah. resolution mm. okay well, let's like do it. acknowledging it okay yeah so reserve two lots of block yeah. 102 for future mos projects such as multi-unit housing reserving two lots that allows us some flexibility based on need to mm -hmm. to yeah. be determined by future resolution. Mm -hmm. Okay. Reserve two lots of block 102 for future MOS projects such as municipal multi-unit municipal housing, reserving remaining two lots to be determined by future resolution. Yeah, I feel like it's better just kind of saying the same thing, though, because we're so ambiguous with a future MOS project. It is a little so broad. As we're not even saying it needs to be multi-unit municipal housing. Right, but 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 I guess what we are saying is that it's something for an MOS project. Yeah. And we're oh, not saying that with the other, other one. Got it. it could so maybe I should lottery. even make it like another, um, you know what? That's a good point. I'm going to make it its own bullet. <laughs> like, reserve the remaining. Um, so it would so it'd be now an inserted bullet six that would say reserve the remaining two lots to be determined. Oh, of block one hundred two. To be determined by future resolution. Yeah, I think I just feel better about addressing it somehow rather than just leaving it yeah. completely open. It still might get changed. People will probably still have. But in this form, I think, I think we've got something good here that is addressing some of the things that, like, the reasons we wanted it to come back to committee. Because I feel like um, when Vice Mayor Potter sent it back to committee, she was to public works, not to here. You were kind of hoping for more direction on, like, what would be recommended for, like, what would be needed for where to put these lots. But the truth is the committee didn't know that or do it really um i was looking for the information that came out of that meeting um kind of an update on costs right and so there was yeah. some of that too so th there was benefit to it yeah. but but it didn't i guess answer all of my questions i was hoping for it um but also those questions aren't i feel like something that can be answered at assembly level it's something that needs to be more answered at like actual public mm -hmm. works not committee but the director and the manager conversation and, and perhaps engineers the, the value of that is that it's so the only other way we could get that information is to try to take the time to schedule a meeting with brad and tyson um instead now it's all on good public all recorded brad and tyson will be there this is what they had to say tune in whenever you want yeah okay how are we feeling about this uh, I like it. I have a question. Um, in the definition of first-time property buyer, um, we're clear that 
an individual means one person and not an entity, correct? Do you feel the need for any clarification? An individual person? Um, resident. I've got, do you want to hear what Fannie Mae considers? Absolutely. Sure. Upstanding company. Um. Uh, Fannie Mae's definition of a first-time home buyer, an individual is to be considered a first-time home buyer, um, I like this one, who will reside in the property as a principal uh, residence. Yeah, I like that. I like that it specifies that they are residing there. Mm-hmm. Um, should we, sorry, can you read that again? Is there something about it being their primary residence? Also, I'll read the first one too. Um, an individual is considered, is to be considered a first time home buyer who one is purchasing the security property is the word that they use in this phrase is purchasing the property and two will reside in the property as a principal residence. I would also like to add that it be their primary residence, if that's something you're mm-hmm. Okay. So um, I'm actually typing into an older version, so I had to kind of copy some stuff over. Um, but what are we changing like directly? So it's an individual who's never owned a principal residence and intends to, what was it? And reside. intends to reside. And will reside. And will reside. In the property. In the property. As their primary residence. I like that. As their primary residence. Primary residence. That sounds good to me. Let me just read it back. An individual who has never owned a principal residence. Well, we shouldn't use both principal and primary. Um, Boom. Let's use those both. I think primary works, I think, is better. Okay. I like primary better. Okay. So an individual. Or principal. What is. <laughs> um, it's okay. I'm. We read All the right. whole thing as it is now. Oh, hold on. Let me. I like primary. Okay. An individual who has never owned a primary residence and will reside in the property as their primary residence. Um I think principal and primary is mm-hmm. fine. Principal <laughs> residence yeah. and never primary. owned a principal residence. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Strunk and Wagner might disagree, but you know they're not here and you're probably dead. So okay. An individual who has never owned a principal residence and will reside in the property as their primary residence. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Three um, exceptions. Do we need to make it clear somewhere that... Um, That these cannot be rented out as short-term rentals, or is that implied by that? 
I don't mind throwing it in there, but it opens the short-term rental conversation potentially, but yeah, I'm not sure I care. So we could do these exceptions, one, two, and three, right? Are we, does everybody like those exceptions so far? A person's spouse was, so the exception is like, let's say you're, you're married, but your spouse once owned something. Mm-hmm. It says previously a homeowner, but does not currently. So like you maybe specify and it has not owned something within the previous does not three years own real or... estate within. Okay. Um, yes. Um, sorry. I wish I got the updated copy of this. Uh, well, but I guess that's a good question. What if um, someone does own a place in Skagway? All right. How about this? And they do want to sell it to potentially buy it. They would have to take that risk to sell their place before they could enter the lottery. How that would work though, is it'd have to be a married couple who's, let's just say, you know, um, I don't know, Bill and Steve, this married couple own a house, but it's actually only in Steve's name. It's not in Bill's name, right? Steve sells the pro Bill wins the lottery. So you'd have to be, but Steve has owned a property, but it says he doesn't currently own it. So Steve would have to sell it before that would make him eligible. So we would have to sell, Steve would have to sell his property and intend to move in with Bill at the new place for that to work as it's written now. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but let's say Bill and Steve, let's say Steve used to own a house down in Washington, but he sold it and moved up to Skagway to take a job. And then he met Bill and they got married and they're just renting and they want to buy. And Steve used to own a place. We don't want to exclude them because he used to own it, but Bill never has. So Bill technically is the first on person. And Steve might even have some of that like gains or 1031 transfer from his property that might help fund it. Yeah. Broad ideas. Um, okay. And then the other one is a single parent or homemaker who previously owned. So let's say Bill and Steve owned a house together down in Washington, but then they divorced and Bill came up right. here, right? Same thing. And then timeshare owners, because frankly, they've suffered enough. <laughs> right. Um, I do have a question. Are we um, putting any kind of timeline to this? Like must begin development? I do like the idea of a timeline, but I don't think it should be done in this document. I think it should be done in the document that comes back with the proposals because that is like, frankly, if we want to open that door, it's a lot of work to really take into consideration and give something that isn't done the wrong way, right? Sure. And if we try and define it here and we do it wrong, we don't want that, right? So what we can do, in my opinion, is give it to management, have them bring it back to the table. And then we can start being like, okay, well, we want to make sure that you like, cause there was talk at citizens present about um, the last lottery and being almost 20 years ago and three of the lots are still not developed and they were supposed to be. So I think it had provisions in it. So discussion of how that can be enforced mm -hmm. or what needs to be done is something that I think should be done, but I don't think it should be done on this document. I think it should be done on, the so, document that actually has the the vision for it. I don't know much about our lottery process. I'm sorry for my ignorance, but that is something that we will discuss at a later point or like, like the terms of the lottery. Well, nothing in this document is, is like 
I don't want to say going to happen because that doesn't make sense. But like, this is saying manager, this is our vision for it that we've all agreed on. Yeah. Please come up with a plan and bring it back to us. Okay. Yeah. I don't think we have to get bogged down. With so yeah. Like those specific, kind of details. But it is kind of like a founding document. So I think some mm-hmm. details are, for example, I don't see why we can't just add one more bullet point saying none of the units are ever to be used as short-term rentals. So that's, you know, when people go back to referencing where did, you know, 10 years down the line, we have this beautifully developed that everybody's 100%. How do you enforce that though? I guess you should worry about that for future generations. (laughs) Uh, So would we have to define what a short-term rental is? Yes. It's already defined in code. Yes. Short-term rental as defined in code. Yes. Because they pay, there's a short-term rental tax. There is. It's the same as the hotel tax. Mm -hmm. And it is technically defined. Um, Okay, so what do you want the bullet to say? I'm not a fan of it because I feel like, I'm not a fan of it this stage. I'm a fan of it for the next document. However, I like it in spirit because I do not want any of these. I want these to become homes, right? I think it's, But like right now, where would it even be possible? Because- we're saying that the the lottery houses would have to go to first time property buyers. I, I hear you actually. And then maybe the line about um, well, primary it, residents covers that. And so it's potential that they could come in under, you know, MOS projects. No, they're not going to be there. Um, the two 10,000 square foot parcels that we're doing requests for proposals. That's maybe where potentially someone could buy one. But I mean, we're getting a request for proposal, so that means a developer is going to come in and say, "I have this idea for it, right?" And they're going to come back to us and say, "Do you guys want to do this idea that the developer said?" And then we can say yes as long as they say that no short-term houses. But I really think the short-term houses is like a whole different conversation that maybe needs to its own regulation that would cover all documents, not even just ones that are limited to this. So the state. Yeah, maybe we take a look at policy regarding short-term rentals. Yeah, and that can be part of this housing discussion. Yeah. Um and 7A. Yeah. Um there is a citizen present who would like to speak. Does the table object to reopening that? Nope. All right, come on up. Yeah, jump in. It sounds to me as if the intention of these lots is to have primary residents opportunity for people to move here or live here year round. So primary year round residents would be a a great insert that just, you know, like maybe five years down the road, they, you know, rent it to some other year round rent. But like that should be in the verbiage to ensure that these are set aside for year-round housing because that is our crisis. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I like that in spirit. Um, Where's the lottery bullet? Let's just review it again. So proposed for the disposal of four or 5,000 square foot lots of block 102 to the public by lottery for Skagway residents who are first-time property buyers. 
with the intention of who are first-time property. Well, because then it's defined later. The first-time property buyers are defined by, what did we say? An individual who has never owned a principal residence and will reside in the property as their primary residence. So I feel like that's sort of accounted for with, with, um, I mean, we don't. You're not using the word year round, but honestly, if you're if you're buying a house and it's your you don't own a house anywhere else, and it's your principal and primary residence, and you're a legal resident, and you're a Skagway resident, then I see that. Um, well, I think you address that. You can't, okay. I mean, not being on the assembly, I would, you know, travel for three months and hang out with my mom. So I think we want to be careful about getting into a, a definition of what is a year-round resident. Is it someone who's here eight months? Is it someone who's here nine months? Is it someone who's here 11 months? Because traveling and vacationing is what we I agree what some people work so hard for in the summertime to do I agree I, I, th- I think that the primary it's your primary residence is a good start well we're saying that they're but they're I, Skagway people they have to they don't own a home anywhere else so it's not like they have a winter house somewhere else and you know, they're going to live here as their primary place, but you're right. I don't want to try and define how often someone can travel. Like, it's just a little too, um, it, I think it opens up, uh, it might open up unintended consequences and, and it, it doesn't also seem enforceable. Um, but good feedback. So how do we feel about moving on? We've got, we've got about almost two hours in, <laughs> but, but it's good work. You know, thank you guys for sitting through it. Got five minutes less. (laughs) Um, So I would entertain a motion to send this to the table with the changes made that we all agree on that I've typed out, which I'd be happy to review if anyone wants to hear them again. Um, If anyone wanted to make such a motion. Uh, Your mic is off. I move, uh, we recommend to the assembly for approval the amended, the January, what's today, 11th amended uh, version of resolution 23-30R. Second. All in favor or discussion? All in favor? Okay. To clarify um, your motion, you are um, talking about 5A2, which was the amendments that I, uh, the January 9th proposed amendment, but the changes made at the table today. Correct. Okay. I think we are all all pretty clear. All in favor? Aye. 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 Great. Um, Moving on. New business discussion items, housing. 
oh, I feel like we probably need another two hours, but um, I might schedule another civic affairs meeting this month to address this because we are nearly two hours in and this is a very big, big, big topic. But um, <laughs> does anyone from the citizens president want to come speak to the important um, topic of housing <laughs> again? Um, so would you guys like to speak first on this? I have so much to say, but I honestly think it really does need another meeting. So I might hold some of my views till later, but. Um, I have, a, I, I also of course have, a, have a lot of things. Um, my, my goal with this running list wasn't really to offer anything sound because it's, um, a lot. And I, I really believe in brainstorming and I, um, believe, you know, just throwing everything at the wall and seeing what sticks, um, is sometimes a good way to do it. But I, I think this idea or this issue of course is, is way bigger than one person. So my intent with my, my housing ideas was to just say everything and not be married to any idea, which is a little bit risky for an elected official sometimes, um, because nobody really wants to talk about property taxes. Um, we would much rather steer the conversation towards incentives, which are also really important. Um, so you can look at any idea of taxing people that are not contributing to the solution of this issue or incentivizing people who are actively helping. So um, do you care if I just run through my list and um, we don't really ideas and brainstorm? Yeah, we don't really have to discuss anything just so, you know, we can think on it. Um, Maybe it'll trigger a better idea from someone else. Um, So um, incentivizing land use, um, you know, properties that are sitting vacant or unused. Um, if we throw some incentives, we got some correspondence, uh, regarding a tiny home community. I think tiny homes are adorable, um, but they're not a, an effective use of space. Um, but I often think of the campground by the train tracks and maybe that's an idea for something that would be cute to see from the train and also put a couple people in a couple houses. Um, so any kind of development incentive is a great idea. Um, I think, you know, there's been a lot of discussion about deciding what we want to be. Um, if we want to be a seasonal community or if we want to be a year round community. Um, and I think everyone who's here in the winter is going to vote for a year round community, but I balance is also really important. So I think it's important to recognize the relationship between seasonal communities and our need for year round housing. Um, it's a tricky thing to juggle, but balancing the two is vital for Skagway's success. Uh, we need solutions that encourage year-round stability, but allow businesses to employ strong seasonal staff without competing directly with our community community's permanent housing. Um, so an idea would be to encourage partnerships, just a, a general um, a partnership, a, a good PR move, I feel like, for committees uh, between tourism industry and the local community uh, through community benefit agreements, ensuring that the industry contributes to affordable housing initiatives as part of its presence in Skagway. Um, So just kind of holding our uh, businesses accountable and um, let them know that they are contributing to our community, um, which Skagway is much more tight-knit. It's not just another business in another town. It's going to take all of us um, to keep this town um, afloat. So, um, I'm sorry. What did you What did you call that again? The community uh, um, community benefit agreements. Um, just kind of more of an ethical and moral responsibility um, for our businesses and our community. 
Um, consider implementing impact fees on tourism-related businesses using residential housing, um, but not meeting a year-round occupancy, um, directing the funds that would come from that toward affordable housing projects to counterbalance the strain on housing resources. So possibly any kind of fee or any kind of tax that um, would incur would go towards initiatives uh, like down payment assistance for first-time home buyers. Um, similarly, some um, towns, seasonal towns especially, um, or towns that have a dense Airbnb population, um, they've implemented transient occupancy taxes, um, a TOT, you can read about um, in different ways different approaches on short-term rentals to generate revenue that can be reinvested in into affordable housing initiatives, again, like down payment assistance, um, all kinds of different approaches um, with a similar outcome. Um, we discussed Airbnbs a little bit tonight. I think we might want to consider um, short-term um, Airbnb permits availability based on our population size, similarly to our liquor licensing, um, which is limited to the amount of year-round residents. I think it would be fair to discuss um, limits based on, you know, our our population. Um, and then incentivizing seasonal companies that offer their housing, their employee housing through the winter. Um, I know that a number of companies just board up, most of them board up their housing. Um, if, you know, there were people that wanted to stay the winter, be it their employees or not, if we could incentivize them for keeping their lights on through the winter, um, be it tax breaks, uh, utility breaks, whatever, I don't know. Um, and then offer property tax incentives or reductions for landowners who commit to renting to year-round residents, um, something to provide a financial incentive to contribute to the local community's housing needs um, as a thank you and another um, appreciation for, for long-term leases, I, I think is um, a really great benefit. Um, I also believe in protecting existing affordable housing. Um, we've seen a lot of long-term residents um, get displaced because their housing is now being offered seasonally. So I think looking ahead, we might need to eventually consider um, fair rent control or tenant protections to prevent um, rent hikes or maybe even mid-season displacement um, because we know it's especially difficult to be displaced in the middle of winter versus the beginning of season when more things are available. Um, and then I would, I would really love to see change start with the municipality. Um, we have, you know, people associated with our clinic. We're trying to hire, make new hires at the police department, and we're having difficulty doing that because we don't offer housing. Um, but we also have municipal employees that are currently in residential housing. Um, I think it would be smart for the municipality to offer housing for their employees that require it. I know there's been so much discussion about whether or not the municipality should be landlords. We're already kind of doing that in like a sublease agreement, but I think it would make more sense for our employees to be in their own designated housing than taking residential housing from what could be other members of our community. Um, so without using, you know, residential units that could be offered back to the community. So um, that's my whole list. Sorry for running through it so quickly, but thanks for hearing. That's all. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> um, very, very impressive. I, I think there's some really good ideas there. Um, what I have been working, is it my turn? Um, I have been working on um, an idea that popped in my head Saturday. 
Um, I am in the process on writing a resolution declaring a housing crisis. Um, this will have the important effect of um, a few things. It will let uh, our population know that we're taking this seriously. And we do recognize that there's a crisis happening. It will bring with that attention to it. It will, uh, I think, kind of open a door to uh, and, and encourage um, working on some ordinances, some ordinance change, uh, to ordinances to um, make some code change or address the housing crisis. And I, I think probably almost most importantly is that I think anytime you um, officially declare any kind of crisis, it opens up hopefully state and federal grant opportunities. So um, I foolishly thought that I could have that written by tonight, but um, um, but that's what I'm working on. I'm 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 close. I'm getting close. Um, so I, I hope to have that. I will have it ready by the next civic fairs meeting for sure. Um, I totally agree. I think we need a, at a minimum, a um, sooner than later moratorium on any further short-term rentals. I do see their value, um, but you can't have, that there's no point in having a short-term rental if you don't have a community to provide services to those who want to come and visit. Um, it, it's all about um, finding that balance. And I think that was a great um, point that you brought up. Um, I want to make sure that anybody who is listening does not interpret, at least my intent, and I don't think the committee's intent, is to vilify anybody out there who is buying up housing to use for seasonal housing. It's We've gotten to this point where it's you can't blame them. The talk for years was, oh, if you want to open a business in Skagway, you better find a way to provide your own housing. And unfortunately, um, how some folks have found a way to do so is displacing some really quality and needed year-round residents. So I just I want to go on the record as to make sure that I am not vilifying um, anybody. Um, it's that's the thing. That's the thing, Kate. We got to find that balance between the seasonal and your own housing needs. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, yeah, there's been a I've been approached by a couple com community members, also really concerned, of course, about year round residents and their their intent is is out. It comes from a good place, um, but their idea was to boot out um, essentially seasonal companies from residential housing and like I understand it's coming from a good place but we can't ignore the fact that we need seasonal housing as well so my idea instead of kicking them out of residential housing but allowing them to open those doors because there are companies that keep year-round leases but only fill them six months out of the year so if we incentivize them for to also sublease um those properties in the winter, I think, is a better concern. Mm -hmm. Of course, we don't want to vilify. We uh, the balance is important. We need both seasonal staff and year-round residents. Um, yeah, totally agree. Um, 
housing crisis resolution, um, short-term rentals, um, and the last thing um, that I have to bring up tonight is also important. I didn't go to the planning and zoning meeting. Um, I'm going to go to, I think, next week's work session, but for the two and a half years that I've been on the assembly now, kind of from the get-go, um, from one of my first meetings with the manager, there has been talk of very serious need to bring in, to hire a professional um, code auditor. It's basically what they do that can go through and update or recommend updates and changes to our planning and zoning code. That's one place to start with focusing on planning and zoning um, for, for listening to this need for it for two and a half years. I think our time was probably in the past. I think the time is now to um, find out how can we make this happen? How can we bring in someone to audit and recommend um obviously it's that's the thing that's happening all around the country right now um is uh planning and zoning code changes that make housing more friendly also mentioned in the comp plan and the housing narrative so um that's something i would like to put on everybody's mind let's just find a way to make that happen let's update our planning and zoning code with an expert who actually knows how to do it. And I think this is a really productive meeting. Thank you guys. I love hearing all of this. Like I'm just like thrilled to hear about like the work that everybody's been doing. Um, it's in different directions. Um, I guess that's one advantage of the open meetings act is like, we don't know what we're doing, but then come sit at the table and be like, no, we're all actively working on this. Just really warm, warms my heart. Um, I would love your list if you would share it with the committee, maybe give it to the clerk to, sh to share, and maybe we can add it to the next um, civic affairs packet, just because excellent ideas are at least 10. Um, and um, some of them are overlapping with some um, stuff I've got and some of it isn't at all. And it's just like, it's just wonderful to hear. Um, I'm very interested to hear about your resolution. Um, I, I, if I'm very curious to know what kind of grant options are available if the crisis is declared or what that even means, but I don't know, interesting stuff. Um, I a hundred percent agree on a planning and zoning code overhaul. That is one of the things that I actually was really hoping to hear more about tonight at tonight's meeting. Um, I know that they have a work session and they seem to be reserving their thoughts until that time. However, it, it seems like something that perhaps overdue, as stated. I don't know how I feel about hiring a professional to do it because getting somebody who, I mean, a, I don't know. I, I have mixed feelings on that um, for various reasons, but I won't pontificate too long on it. Um, I'll say what my quick ideas were. So I've just, you know, I spoke to some representatives from Valdez at length, and they did a lot of, um, they are taking, they have very similar community to ours. It's kind of like isolated by the mountains. There's a big mountain pass. It's got a seasonal population. They're small. They only have so much land, et cetera. I mean, we're, I feel like a maybe perhaps more concentrated version, but they were having like major housing problems and have been 
taking action to do them. Um, some of the things that they did was um, they put out a $10,000 incentive for people to actually convert um, single homes into duplexes, I think was what he said. Um, they um, they built um, senior housing for people. They did um, I think 20 townhouses for a population of 60% of the median income or lower. They purchased um, blueprints that they gave away to people who wanted to be developed. Um, they um, changed their zoning so that anyone can have an accessory dwelling unit in ADU, like a small, you know, um, unit um, in any zone. So like commercial zone, historic zone, whatever. I don't know if they have a historic zone, but like any zone can actually have one of these units. And I think that they made some of the like setback requirements and other like prohibitive um, planning and zoning codes. Um, they they amended those two to be more inclusive for these type of things. Um, Juno has an incentive program where they actually do that for mo mother-in-law parts or accessory dwelling units or whatever you want to call them. Um, Anchorage raised their bed tax to 16%. Um, we, ours is eight and it's the same for hotels or short-term rentals. That's something just out there. Um, when talking to the Valdez representative, I asked him what his advice would be for us. And he said, have a lot of young people be part of the conversation because they're the people that are affected. And I'd like to think some of us are young. I mean, at least one of us is, but, um, <laughs> but you know, I, I really want community involvement. So um, this meeting went crazy long, but we at least had like a pretty good start of people who are here and they, you know, didn't maybe have the time to sit in the assembly chambers that long, which I wholeheartedly understand. And thank you for those who did stay and listen um, because you know, I, I want to hear from the community. I want to hear what people's ideas are. And I think there is not one solution to this housing shortage. There isn't. It's going to take a lot of things in a lot of different directions. And, and all of us should be working together on it. And it's encouraging to hear that that is what's kind of happening. We're taking actions. All of us are individually working on it. We're bringing it together at committee level. And I feel like we can do some really good work. Um, Let's see what else. For short-term rentals, there are – okay, so one of the larger short-term rental websites came out around, I think, 2014, 2013, something like that. And it's essentially – the short-term rental market has essentially just been the Wild West. There was, like, no regulation at first, and, you know, it was, like, it was all new, and no one really knew what to do with it. It was, like – Go for it, right? And then all kinds of different things happened and different effects were had in different cities. Some cities were completely overrun by it. Some weren't. Um, but it's getting to a point where nationwide, the trend is overwhelmingly regulation of various degrees. Skagway in 2018 implemented the short-term rental tax inclusive with the bed tax. They wanted to level the playing field and make it equal for, um, you know, gig economy, home renters and hotels, to hoteliers, right? Um, I think there's more that can be done. I think that they might actually, those definitions might need to be separated rather than combined. Um, just for a few examples of what a couple places are doing, um, New York City 
you're only allowed to have a short-term rental in a place you actually live in. So like you can short-term rental out your side room, but you cannot short-term rental out your whole apartment. Um, Oahu no longer allows Airbnbs or short-term rentals less than 90 days. So you can have a short-term rental because there are people out there who want their property to be short-term rentals because, you know, you don't have to deal with long-term tenants or getting the wrong person in or whatever the problems, you know, the tenancy can be. But, you know, we can still offer that by saying, okay, but, you know, you have to have them long because then that would cater to seasonal people and to, you know, have restrictions in there. I don't know. No bad ideas and brainstorming, right? Um, Maui put a moratorium that went into effect on July 7th, 2022, banning all new short-term rentals. Um, Minneapolis adopted a policy to allow triplexes on short-term lots citywide. Um, Oregon State passed legislation statewide removing single-family zoning and triplex. And so this is something that Skagway kind of has. Um, The vision of the zoning map was probably made in a different time back when the ideal was to have single family homes and to establish neighborhoods where single family homes and kids could play in the streets and that sort of thing. It was a different world, right? And so what Oregon has done is they've actually removed single family zoning and triplexes or duplexes are allowed on all lots for single family homes. So I think that's excellent. You know, because by having our zoning just be single family zones have to be in the residential zone has this, it's limiting. There is um, a need for this kind of middle housing and it used to actually exist. It existed before this whole like suburban age of like planning and zoning came out where everyone wanted to move out of the condensation of the cities and into like single family homes that were spread apart. But we don't have that kind of space and there's a housing shortage. And I think this is one of the things that could be just developed, right? Um, I think that some of the definitions need to be updated. And there's just a lot of stuff in in planning and zoning that, um, and I, and they are bringing it up, which I think is just awesome. So I don't really want to step on toes. And my point of mentioning this isn't to say, I'm going to bring it up too, because I don't actually want to have competing stuff with them. I want to work with them and see what they do. But like, I'm just repeating some of the things that I have actually seen around. Um, do you mind, can I ask a question really quick? Jump in. Yeah. Do you know how two questions that I've had, um, is how they're getting their funding. Like how, do you know how Valdez is funding those different, um, grants? And, and it, cause I know in Juneau you can get, I think it's like 13,500 to, um, help build an ADU as long as you live there. You can't short-term rental it out. Um, but I've been curious about where Valdez, how they fund that. They, uh, I, I did ask him, and I'm not sure I took good notes on his answer, but um, generally they established a, an incentive program like 20 years ago, right? And so that's not, I mean, we can't go back in time and do it. And I think he said he had $3.8 million program to offer housing incentives, focusing on affordability. They aggressively pursued grants. They took a variety of tactics and I can't read my own notes, <laughs> but, but.
Oh, how long has my mic been off? I've got a little book. I think I hit the button. I don't know how long that's been off, but sorry, listeners and radio lands. Um, I, I, I said I was going to keep it short. and <laughs> But anyway, so I've said a lot of things. I tried to say it really quickly. But um, the last thing I'll say is that um, there is, in Washington, D.C., they came up with a tax on property owners with blighted or abandoned properties to tax at 50% of the assessed value. And so it basically forced people who had abandoned houses or, or, you know, vacant lots to either sell them or bring them up to code. And that is not actually something that Alaska state law requires, but, or allows, I mean, they have very specific rules on property tax. So while some of your ideas were about property tax, it was like one of these things where it's like, we're kind of limited by state statute. But there is actually a bill being proposed by um, Senator Forrest Dunbar, which is SB 77. And it's a municipal property tax exception slash tax blighted proposition. And it's basically saying that municipalities can do this. And I would actually really like to ask our lobbyist, John Walsh, to follow along with this. And if the table agrees, I could reach out to him saying, all of civic affairs think this. If not, I'll reach out to them saying I think this. But if that's something that you guys are interested in, um, continue learning about, like the progress of that. And if it goes forward, um, I'd like to know that. Yeah. And then, in other words, I'm going to end this rant because, gosh, this meeting is really, really long now. But I'm going to have another meeting this month. I'm going to probably schedule it in, in the, within the next week. Um, I don't know if it'll be before the next assembly meeting or not. Um, but it will be before the February meeting when this, for sure, it'll be before the end of the month. We'll do another one and then, um, and keep going. And also that'll be nice to have it because at that point, the work session by planning and zoning will have been had and we can perhaps can expand or continue or adopt some of the stuff that they're proposing, you know, keep the momentum going. Yeah. <sighs> Anyone else with anything on housing? Um, I like the John Walsh idea. Thank you. I think um, it's a combination of carrot, stick, all kinds of things. Um, but that's an interesting, it's an interesting uh, um, SB seventy seven. My my words are failing me. It's it's winter time past my bedtime. <laughs> I've been sharing the good word of SB 77 since we found out about yeah. it. Yeah, I've been, since uh, AML. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I think that would be great um, if you wouldn't mind reaching out to our lobbyists. Consider it done. Sweet. Um, I'd answer any motion to adjourn. I move we adjourn. I second. All in favor? Aye. 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 Meeting adjourn.